Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Woten. Hey there, thanks for joining us and welcome into the show, our week 16 edition for the regular season. Christmas weekend, Pat's Bills the day after Christmas, Nick, doesn't get much better than that. Hopefully before then you can get all your your Christmas shopping done and all your Christmas stuff in order, though. Uh, I, I got some work to do on that front. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, if we're talking, you know, before the Bills and Patriots kick off, you might be in a little trouble if you don't get the Christmas shopping. And by yeah, then, you know? yeah, yeah, gotta, yeah, uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But I got to like I got to figure it out on like Thursday and Friday, I guess, this week, which um, it's not going to be easy. So, you know, yeah, I uh, I did a lot of uh, I'm, I'm not a big Black Friday shopper, but I'm a big Cyber Monday guy. Yeah, so I did yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff from Amazon to Walmart, sent something from uh you know, my Amazon account to like my parents' house. And, um, you know, it, it, my dad's like, Oh, I think I'm 31 years old. My dad's like, did Santa drop a gift off here? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, good God, dad. I'm like, yeah, it's your gift uh, for Christmas. Don't open it till Christmas. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I got a lot of, a lot of mine done, thankfully. Uh, and, um, you know, just just now, time to uh, sit back, relax, and uh, wait for some Bills Patriots, uh, biggest game of the year, essentially. Uh, once again, now, uh, once again, in, in in terms of the Bills and Patriots facing off, I guess it seemed like the last time it was the biggest game of the year, and this time it is again the biggest game of the year. Now, when it really, yeah, it, re- it really is, and that's because everything kind of went the way it was supposed to for the Bills last week, right? The Colts beat the Patriots on Saturday night. The Bills beat the Panthers, and all of a sudden on Sunday in Foxborough. It's kind of like a play-in game for the top four seed, right, Nick? That's that's what it is. If the Bills can beat the Patriots and then, you know, obviously win out their remainder games, they're going to win the AFC East and be a top four seed. That's that's where we're at right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's actually a perfect way to put it. And if you read the Bills Wire later this week, Ryan, and I say it's a play-in game for a top four seed, uh, that's a shout-out to you because I might have to use that. You can use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a very good uh, breakdown of it right there. But, uh, yeah, no, that's it's totally true. Uh, the Bills won't overlook the Falcons or the Jets. But, hey, you know, uh, no no offense to them, but Bills Patriots uh, – the only thing this game is missing is for some reason the NFL didn't flex it. I don't understand that. Why is this game at 1 p.m.? It's a massive game, but hey, whatever. Yeah, actually, I actually have a question about that for you coming up now. We'll, we'll cover that exact point in a little bit here. But, but let's start with our takeaways from this 31-14 victory for the Bills over Carolina. I want to get your top takeaway from it, Nick. But mine was that the Bills apparently have a new bell cow running back, and his name is Devin Singletary, right? Now, okay, a bell cow maybe a little strong, but he did play 82% of the snaps against Tampa Bay and 93% of the snaps, Nick, against the Panthers. Like, no running back anymore that's not named like Jonathan Taylor or, you know, Najee Harris for the Steelers. He plays like 100% of the snaps for them. He never comes off the field. You know, no other running backs are playing over 90% of snaps in games. Singletary's snaps are way up. And, you know, you look at the stats, he's averaging 4.7 yards per rush, seventh in the NFL among running backs with at least 100 attempts. We knew that he had an excellent offseason. He had a lot of buzz around him coming into the season. It felt like the Bills kind of got away from Devin Singletary, right? They they started out, he was by, you know, definitely the, the number one back. Zach Moss was a healthy scratch there in week one. But then between weeks three and 11, there was a drop-off in Singletary's snaps, right? And they started trying out Zach Moss. They, they gave Matt Breida some run in there. 
and now it feels like they're back on the the Devin Singletary train. It's like maybe they should have bet on this train all along, right? Like it's it's interesting how they've gotten to this point with Singletary. Yeah, no, for sure. And even with Devin uh, playing pretty well, he had a season high, I think, 86 yards last week. Um, you know, uh, pretty pretty solid numbers from him. Pretty pretty promising game from him last week. And uh, he really, uh, unfortunately, doesn't get a lot of help. Uh, none of the Bills rushers have gotten a, a ton of help. Even in the past year or two, Ryan, when I'm watching the film, I, I don't understand, and I've said this to you before in the podcast, is the Bills' offensive line can be pretty good pass protecting, but they've just never been good at opening holes in the run game. And I, I don't understand it because a lot of offensive linemen will say, I'm not an offensive lineman, but a lot of them will say that it's easier to run block because you're kind of setting the tone. You're going forward instead of moving backwards. I think almost anything athletically at all is easier to do going forward as opposed to going backwards in general, right? But somehow the Bills offensive line finds a way that when they pass protect, they have a better time than when they run block. And even couple times against the the Panthers you know it's uh it, it wasn't wasn't the best for Singletary but I mean certainly his season high amount of snaps and it's been the past two weeks as you mentioned Ryan where you know the week before he only had a handful of carries but still did pretty well with them and he is averaging a, a nice chunk of yards per carry um this season as he has in the past too even when Zach Moss kind of still was was budding at the end of last year only to kind of crash and burn early this season um or now that we're at the end of the season this entire season um but uh Singletary, uh, yeah, he's he's a pretty pretty solid back. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Bills go, do going forward in terms of beyond the last three games, beyond the postseason this year and the offseason, I guess is what I'm getting at. But Devin Singletary, yeah, he's proving more than capable lately. And, and again, um, you know, the Bills really – as, mu- as much as, you know, we talked about Travis Etienne over the offseason and stuff, uh, Ryan, I, I, I got to think that it's – Somewhere in this offensive line, uh, somebody's got to somebody's got to be addressed there. Because um, I, I just I, I've been I've been calling for it for a couple of years now, and and, and and that's that's not even something that's just going to have help Devin Singletary. It's going to help Josh Allen too. It's going to help everyone. I love Singletary, but there's the reason I think they were trying to make this a one-two punch with Zach Moss in the middle of the year. Nick was because you, you I don't know how much of the load Singletary can really carry. Right, he's not really built to be that bell cow running back like I joked that he is over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, no, yeah. I have a hard time seeing the Bills looking at their running back room and then getting like run over by uh, Jonathan Taylor this year and Derrick Henry and thinking we need to get a bigger, more physical back. Even look at what the Patriots did to them with uh, Ramondre Stevenson. You look around the league, you know, another rookie they, they could have had in the draft. We've talked about it. Javante Williams for the Broncos. They picked him early second round. I mean, I think the Bills, something tells me in the offseason they're going to go after like a physical back to, uh, if they're sticking with Singletary, maybe pair him with Singletary. Maybe, you know, come up with the kind of running back that Zach Moss has not proven to be because, I don't know, like, is he going to resurface? Like, is he going to come back? Like, he's been a healthy scratch for a few weeks in a row now. And uh, it's starting to feel like, you know, they're kind of done with Zach Moss this year. Oh, I think, yeah, that's easy. That's that's an easy assessment right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) They, uh. He's unfortunately uh, Zach Moss. He's really not proving to, you know, I mean, uh, I, I think the one thing that was probably keeping him, uh, his head lastly above water is maybe his pass protecting. I mean, Devin Singletary's not terrible at it, but, you know, with his size and stature, as you mentioned, in terms of him being quote unquote bell cow, because he's not exactly Derrick Henry, you know, I mean, who is, but <laughs> no. you know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Zach Moss, Zach Moss was kind of keeping his head above water, maybe in that area. But uh, yeah. And, and Zach Moss, maybe I, I, I 
I don't want to, you know, say a guy's career's over. Hopefully, maybe he can bounce back and figure something out. But it's certainly you can just tell when that guy's running the ball, as opposed to Devin Singletary. You can just see the decisiveness with Singletary. You can see the confidence in Singletary. You just do not see that with Zach Moss right now. We mentioned the Patriots. Let's get into that matchup a little bit more in our questions of the week right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week 16 of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com. Let's go through some strong plays to help get you into the championship round. Quarterback Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals versus Baltimore Raven. The last time these teams met was in week 7 in Baltimore, and Burrow exploded for 416 yards and a trio of touchdown strikes. However, he's coming off his worst showing in more than a month, and it's understandable gamers are a little bit nervous. He has a get-right game against a Ravens secondary that has been hampered by injuries and is even weaker than it was the last time they met. Look for another huge showing from the 2020 number one overall pick. Running back James Robinson, Jacksonville Jaguars at New York Jets. Another highly talented player who's been a little bit shaky over recent weeks. Robinson has a matchup that is elite. The Jaguars are committed to Robinson now that Urban Meyer isn't in the picture, and it should only get better in Week 16. Running backs have averaged the third most yards on the ground against this defense in 2021, and no team has given up more than 16 rushing touchdowns behind the 23 allowed by the Jets. There's a huge opportunity for a late-season surge from the second year back. Green Bay Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard versus Cleveland Browns. In Week 14, it was Lazard who functioned as the number two target for Aaron Rodgers. Last Sunday, it was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, leaving the former Cyclone to finish the day with 23 yards on two catches. He should have had a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but Rodgers overshot him. On Christmas, Lazard might be in position to deliver a big game with MVS on the COVID list, although a speedy teammate could clear the protocol, so keep tabs on the situation. Lazard is an interesting risk-reward option thanks to the consistent double teams on Devontae Adams, just as long as Marquez Valdez-Scantling isn't in the picture. Noah Fant, tight end, Denver Broncos at Las Vegas Raiders. Drew Locke is likely to start for the injured Teddy Bridgewater. The Broncos really can't get much worse in the passing game, but we like Fant to finish in the top five among his positional mates. Fant has posted 50-plus yards in consecutive games, and he has at least four catches and 50-plus yards in three of the last five. He hasn't scored since week six, but that came against this matchup. Play Fant if you don't have a clear option for more points, but the matchup is among the best of the week. Best of luck getting to the championship round, and have a Merry Christmas. For award-winning tips, news, information, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's USA today bet.com slash podcast see typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado all right Nick is that time of the show our questions of the week a lightning round for you three questions you were not prepped on and here's question number one Harrison Phillips came out and told reporters that you know many of the Bills players were watching the Patriots and Colts on Saturday night and uh, realized quote the advantage of getting up, AK, ahead in the game early and making them one-dimensional is the key to beating the Patriots. So here's what I wanted to ask you here in question number one. Buy or sell that the Colts left the Bills a blueprint to beat the Patriots this week at Foxborough? Uh, did they? Sure. Is it easier said than done? Heck yeah. Uh, it's, it's the Patriots and uh, the Patriots telegraph what the Bills were going to or what they were going to do against the Bills last time, as we know, over and over again, and the Bills still couldn't stop it. So a lot easier said than done that, oh, hey, look what they did. But, you know, that's also 
from Harrison Phillips, you know, love the guy. He's always been a good patron and, and uh, representative of Buffalo. But, I mean, that's kind of, you know, if we're going to talk about the most copycat league of copycat leagues, yeah, getting a lead early helps in every single outing in almost every sport, right? Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's probably a good assessment by Harrison. But, uh, you know, we got to do – we got to make sure regardless that, uh, you know, it, this that run game gets stopped, but um, that run game being the Patriots, of course, and uh, the Bills will, you know, knock on wood with how you know COVID situations have gone in the NFL recently. But uh, the Bills should be in line to have all three of their starting linebackers in, in this one, because uh, after Tremaine Edwins, Matt Milano, and AJ Klein, who was out against the Patriots last time, there's a big drop off. You go from those three experienced players to Terrell Dodson. Uh, you know, former undrafted guy. Uh, so the Bills kind of the guy, Bills were kind of you know pigeonholed pretty badly there uh, going into the Patriots' uh, first meeting with them. And uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Harrison, sure. <laughs> get, I hope you get a good lead on him too, brother. It's uh, it, you don't have Jonathan Taylor either to ice the game. And uh, like I said, Devin Singletary lo- loved the guy too, but you're not Jonathan Taylor. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's a nice blueprint when you get a 14 nothing lead and you have the Colts offensive line and Jonathan Taylor. Then yes, it's a good blueprint. But uh, yeah, I, I wonderful, I, wonderful. Yes, I don't think this game's going to be uh, all that similar to the Colts. But here's a bonus question for you: If the Patriots come out right, Nick, and decide they're going to do a continuation of the first meeting where they're going to put that jumbo personnel out there, put the extra offensive lineman, make him an eligible tight end and do that thing. If the Patriots go out with that heavy jumbo package, are the Bills going to actually match personnel or are they going to stay in their base and nickel defenses again, right? Like that's one thing I'm interested in. Like if the Patriots try to play that first quarter out with the heavy personnel again and try to do the same run game plan, are the Bills going to try to match them heavy for heavy and like, you know, get in there and stop it? Or are the Bills going to dare them to keep trying to run it, right? Like with you know their guys back, like AJ Klein. I think that's going to be I mean, a fascinating start to that game. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I I, I think the, the is as we mentioned, you know, of course, getting getting an early lead and and it'll take the run game away a bit to an extent, and uh, eventually it won't matter if you have Jonathan Taylor or not, um, because the Bills are going to keep throwing it with Josh Allen. I bet because they kept throwing it with Josh Allen in a tornado last time. But as long as long as he's completing more than fifty percent of his passes, which are um, you know probably probably a good bet that he will do when it's uh, when it's not not the tornado as I mentioned, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I think it's going to be a case of the Bills are – we're going to see some A.J. Klein, and the Bills tried to get away from having Taron Johnson out there quite a bit um, against the Patriots. I mean, he, the first time around, I mean, uh, they usually have him out there 100% of the time no matter what, in any circumstance. That was not the case the first time around. So I would bet uh, they do try to go with some A.J. Klein. I was very surprised that even when the Patriots were using like an extra offensive lineman and whatnot, so and so often, uh, I apologize, I don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head, but the Bills never really matched that last nope. time, and that's why but, Belichick and, stuck with it. Yeah, and I just don't understand why they never did that. So, I mean, you know, you got to imagine that someone's going to—I'm not going to say come from McDermott in the Bills' head or anything like that—but if the same thing were to happen twice in a row, I mean. Something's, something's got to be different. Yeah. Something's got to be different. And I think it's going to be some steady AJ Klein, which, you know, isn't the worst thing. Isn't the worst thing um, as long as it works. And uh, I, I think in terms of the defense, it's going to come down to Josh Allen. And, you know, I'm not refer- referencing the one in Jacksonville. I mean, the Bills' Josh Allen has to put up some dang points. So then Mac Jones has to try to put up some points. But one thing I would say about this game with the Patriots, and when, if, you're, if you're a fan that's into the schematics of this, like, 
are the Bills matching the Patriots personnel like we're talking about here? Just watch for number 71. He is Michael Onwenu. He's an offensive lineman. That's who the Patriots were using as that extra offensive lineman, that six offensive lineman. They were lining him up next to Hunter Henry, and they were literally running it right behind number 71 every time. And the Bills had a hard time adjusting to it, and even though they knew it was coming, they just didn't have enough you know, weight, I guess, right? The Patriots had the leverage, the weight leverage, to just open up those holes, and it just didn't It didn't matter. So how are the Bills going to respond to that? That's that's an interesting question. I'm not smart enough to answer it, so we'll all be watching. Hey, you and me, <laughs> yeah. you and me both. I was like, I hope he doesn't ask me what they're going to do because no. I have no idea. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> just, that's just for all of us to watch. Just watch for number 71 and watch how the Bills are playing it, uh, and that'll be fascinating on Sunday for us all to try to figure out together. Um, okay, question number two. What's your bigger concern for the Bills down the stretch, Nick? Is it the O-line or the D-line? Wow, what a beautiful question this was. Uh, I'm going to go – I mean, I'm going to go with the, the offensive line just for the fact of where the, the Bills go where Josh Allen takes them. And on top of that, the Bills have kind of just – no matter who's in there this year, kind of struggled. We've seen some flashes from the defensive line. I, 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 we've seen very few flashes. And, and Gabe Davis's first touchdown pass last week, the offensive line was beautiful. Um, gave Allen the perfect line, and Allen fit it through a couple guys. That was a hell of a throw. Sweet throw. Uh, to the back of the, and the, back of the end zone, yeah. So I'm going to go with the offensive line, short, sweet, and simple, because, hey, you know, we've, see, we've seen it, you know, ins and outs, turnstiles in there, um, you know, guys just replacing guys left and right, and, you know, the Bills haven't really settled on even their best five. I mean, John Feliciano came back uh, before ending up on the COVID list last week, and, you know, he was on special teams. And then McDermott, while he doesn't give anything away, he did say that it was kind of like a lineup decision. It wasn't fully just because of his health. Personally, I, again, think he was kind of, you know, uh, giving us a, kind of put a little nugget out there to the uh, to the opposing team, uh, to the Panthers, that maybe he wouldn't be back um, in the lineup. I would gander that the plan last week was to have Feliciano starting again, and it was injury related as to why he only was held to special team snaps. But, you know, he, he, why do that then if he wasn't good enough to go? Just make him inactive or something. As long as he's off IR, he doesn't have to be out there. But, yeah, the Bills, they just they have some, such turnstiles at, at the offensive line at times. And that really, really worries me because, you know, the the best defense sometimes is a good offense when you're the Bills. <laughs> if the Bills don't have that with Josh Allen because the offensive line, yeah, heck yeah, that one worries me. You know, I think the, the reason I, I came up with that question is because it seems like the coaches have been – lamenting the defensive line pressure, at least when they have four rushers and not setting a blitzer. The coaches are kind of lamenting Nick this week that they're not getting enough pressure. But I don't know. I feel like the Bills are getting enough pressure. This not really getting the sacks. But they seem like I think they're one of the better lines in the league at getting pressure on the quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. I think in terms of like quarterback hurries and actual pressures, the Bills D line's been okay. So yeah, I'm not yeah. too worried about I'm not too worried about the D line. The O line, yep. Yep, a little bit of concern, a little bit of concern, no doubt about it. Okay, but let's move on to question number three, and you hit on this, and so you you actually you picked one of my questions right out, Nick, in your opening commentary, so we're just going to answer it here, because I had to cut you off when you did that earlier. Um, Bills, <laughs> Bills at Patriots, essentially for the division title, essentially for a top four playoff seed, a play-in game, like we called it, will be played at 1 p.m. on Sunday and then we'll have to watch the Washington football team play Dallas on uh, Sunday night. So how the hell was this game not flexed? Uh, what do you think? Was that a mistake by the NFL? Why haven't they moved? Why wouldn't they move this game into primetime? I mean, e- even just for the fact that it's, I get that it's the t- the two market comparisons. I mean, Dallas times Washington trumps 
you know, Buffalo. I'm True. sorry, Buffalo, but True. it just does. Yeah, it does. But, I mean, you know, with what's going on with the, the, the COVID situation tonight with Washington, is, you know, we're recording on a Tuesday here. Um, it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. I think they definitely dropped the ball because even if, you know, you want to make the case that, you know, it's Buffalo. I mean, you still have a massive game with stars on both sides. And the Patriots are a well-known establishment throughout the world, not just the NFL. Why wouldn't you put that one? Why wouldn't you flex that? But, hey, you know, kudos to NFL. I think in my unbiased opinion uh, that I think they dropped the ball on this one and, and why the Bills Patriots aren't, aren't are playing this one at 1 p.m., I don't, I don't know. Um, but personally, uh, now the writer in me is going to come out. I <laughs> this is going to be my second question. Yeah. Are you mad? I, I'm not mad I, at all. <laughs> I do not care at all. We do not. Mike Tomlin, we do not care. Because <laughs> my deadline, I, I have the whole day to work uh, after that. You know, I don't have to be up until 1 or 2 a.m. If we're talking about like, you know, a Sunday night game or like 4, 4 o'clock game or something like that. We do not care. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not even. Not give even... me 1 p.m. 17 times a year or whatever <laughs> yeah and i get it from the reporter standpoint but even for the fans like no let's let's play at 1 p.m let's go like we'll get it on at 1 p.m we'll be on with our lives by four like it's perfect i love the game at 1 p.m i think it should be in prime time i think that's ridiculous i'd rather this game be under the lights but no no 1 p.m on sunday i'm all in as a fan i love it so uh okay there that is more thoughts on pat's bills including the spread and uh, we'll get into all that make some predictions right after this this is the typical sportsbook minute Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my homie Nathan Beagle to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Dallas Cowboys favored 9.5 points and the total sitting at 47.5. I'm on the under 47.5 here. This is a pros versus Joes game as more money has been on the under, but more bets have been placed on the over. Typically in sports betting, it's wise to follow the money, especially when it's counter to the public. Also, Cowboys offense has regressed. They've hit the under in seven of the last eight games, and Washington's offense just isn't that good. They've hit under in seven of the last nine games. Nate, how are you betting this Washington-Dallas game? I'm rolling with Dallas by 10 or more. Washington is still banged up, has players on the COVID list, and has the league's second-worst third-down conversion rate. For opponents with Dallas tied at 11 and 3 for the best covering teams in the league, I'd rather bet against them than for them. Also, they started up 24 0 in these two teams' first matchup. Give me Dallas by 10. That was your typical sportsbook minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Nick. The uh, the early line this week on Typico was Patriots minus two and a half against the Bills. I think it was the exact same line. Buffalo was favored by this exact same number when they were at home. So this is flipped in the Patriots' favor. And I like the Bills to win at home. The first time, and I figured my commentary was, oh, you know, I think the Bills will win at home and the Pats will win at their place and these teams will split and we'll move on with our lives. I think I might flip-flop now. I think, you know, I think I want to take the Bills in this matchup for a few reasons, but number one on my list is that the Patriots have some legit concerns with their wide receivers. Uh, Kendrick Bourne is their best receiver by far. 
and he was on the COVID list this week. And they had two receivers, Nelson Aguilar, who's pretty good, and Nikhil Harry, who blows. But, I mean, he's a great crackback blocker, if you if you remember from that game in Buffalo. Nikhil Harry yeah. was lining up and just doing the crackback blocks. A beautiful job, yeah. Nikhil Harry, uh, former first-round pick. Uh, both of those guys left the Colts game with concussions. So the Patriots have real concerns at receiver. Like, Gunnar Olszewski might have to you know start at receiver for the Patriots. And that, let me tell you, is a disaster. Love Gunnar Olszewski for a punt returner. Do not love Gunnar Olszewski if he has to play yeah. wide receiver. So the Patriots, yeah. they like we talked about the Patriots maybe trying to deploy that same strategy, running the football heavy. You know, I don't think Mac Jones is going to throw three passes, but maybe twelve, you know, fifteen, <laughs> something, something like we saw Carson Wentz do to the Patriots on Saturday. I think maybe they go with a similar game plan to beat the Bills because they might they might not have the weapons, the wide receivers to really challenge the Bills defense. So this makes me like the Bills, though, because like you said earlier, Nick, we're not playing in a tornado this time. Uh, last I checked, there's no tornadoes you know, cruising through Massachusetts on Sunday. It's going to be normal conditions, uh, better conditions to throw the football, and I think that gives the Bills a, an advantage. And I don't know. The Bills, if I'm a Patriots fan, the Bills just they kind of scare me. Yeah, I, I just think we haven't seen the best of them. I'm not, I'm not going to read too much into that first game because of the conditions. I think the Patriots, this is this is going to be a really fun, tough game, and I think the Bills might have the edge because of the Patriots' problems at wide receiver. Yeah, I, I, the Patriots' problems at wide receiver are obviously, um, you know, it's going to be big, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just having a tough time with the Bills and their ability to stop the run. Um, where I might, if I'm, if I'm wagering on something, I honestly, and I hate going the under, but, you know, I think it's around 43 and a half. I think I'd rather... Last I saw 43, and maybe if that you know skips up a little bit, I might go with something like that because I think the Patriots are going to kill the clock a lot, a lot as much as they can uh, with running the ball early. Um, I, I don't think the Bills are going to do anything like that, but could the Bills pull it off? Yeah, um, but I, definitely going to be a close one, Ryan. Um, so, man, it's it's really a tough one to call. Usually, some weeks I'm fine with tossing the Bills in a parlay or something like that, but this one is. Uh, it's gonna be a close one. It's gonna be a tough one. <laughs> yeah, and, hard uh, to predict, no doubt. I would. I think I would take the Bills. I just think they got to win this game, Nick. You know, just just like the future of the Bills franchise, right? I mean, we've talked about it. This was supposed to be their year. Like they won the division last yeah. year. It's, this is their time. You can't lose both games to the Patriots and let the Patriots win the division and then have to go on the road all through the the, the postseason. You have a chance to win the division. The Bills have to step up and respond in this game, right? They have to. This has to be their best game of the season. They got to be dialed in. They got to win this one. You can't lose both games to the Patriots this year. You just can't. <laughs> if you do, I think you, you know, I don't think you blow it up by any means, but you got to you got to really look in the mirror hard at your your franchise next year and make some changes because you just can't. I just can't see the Bills losing both games to the Patriots. I thought coming into the year it would be the other way around. So, uh no, I I just got to believe the Bills won't let that happen, but Again, you're right. I say that, but they still have to prove they can stop the freaking run, and they haven't done a good job of that all year, proving it. And what will they do to address that? They didn't do a lot in game to address it in the first meeting. What will they do this week? That's that's what I'm going to be watching. Yeah, no, you said it perfectly right there, Ryan. Because as much as we want to say Josh Allen is 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 going to have a better game because it's not going to be you know a tsunami going through uh, Gillette Stadium and all that good stuff. The Bills don't stop the run. The Bills ain't stopping anything. Uh, against the, the Patriots, and it might even be worse, even worse case scenario if they can't, because there that might open up a lot more play action where Mac Jones can expose them a little bit. So that's even another thing they might have to worry about if the Bills can't stop the run. So yeah, definitely, you know, 
stop the run. Stop the run, Buffalo. Stop the run. We'll see. We'll see. Should be fun. But hey, Nick, uh, let me be the first to wish you and, and all the listeners, uh, you know, a happy Christmas, a good holiday weekend, man. I hope I hope it's the best for you and the fam. Yeah, you you as well, Ryan. Um, first one with your little one, uh, so I know it's gonna yes, be a special one for yeah, you, man. regardless. So uh, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wish you all the best up until uh, one p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, sorry, he's, he's sorry got about the, that. He's got the most presents <laughs> under the tree already, and it's like you know he's two he's two and a half months old. He doesn't know what's going on. He he literally has no, he barely even knows what he's looking at right now. Uh, I know. I know you're going to set him up for good Mac Jones, Josh Allen rivalry, though. Uh, starting on on Sunday, though, uh, yeah. uh, for, for the for the rest of uh, for the rest of the Mac Jones, Josh Allen rivalry. I know you'll you'll, you'll get his roots set. <laughs> you know me. You know I'm a Patriots fan. You know, living in New Hampshire all my life, but I am a Mac Jones. I mean, uh, a Josh Allen. I have a man crush on Josh Allen. I just can't <laughs> help myself. I just I love that fella. So uh, everybody, Merry Christmas. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Patriots Bills on Sunday. And then Nick and I will uh, will be back next week to to break it down and then toast to the new year, right, Nick? So we'll do that next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.